Thank you again for joining us on Corner of the Clubhouse. I'm Kyle Blanks, and in this episode, I get to talk with Blake Tricotti. Blake was born in Columbia, Missouri, and drafted by the San Diego Padres in the third round of 2008. After playing parts of three major league seasons with the San Diego Padres and the Chicago White Sox, Blake finished his business management degree at the University of Miami and went on to work for three years as a sports marketing manager for Grassroots and MLB. And this will be part one of our ongoing series titled, What the Game of Baseball Gives Us and What the Business of Baseball Takes Away. Corner of the Clubhouse is proudly part of the Shameless Podcast Network. And we're back here now on Corner of the Clubhouse with uh, Blake Decody. Thank you again, Blake, for uh, joining us. And um, uh, Thanks for having me. You know, um, once again, I think um, just to frame this for everybody, um, this is going to be an entirely different thing because of, you know, I think over the last literally few days, how me and Blake have been talking, a lot of this is going to help peel back just simply the small part of the spectrum that me and him shared as well as, um, you know, not sharing some of these experiences. But it's kind of like me and him have been talking. Um, you know, sometimes you don't realize the uh, what someone sitting on the same bench is, is going through. And, you know, a lot of – so basically our theme for what we're going to get into over this series with Blake Dakota is – what the game of baseball gives us and what the business of baseball takes away from us. So, um, but otherwise just want to, uh, introduce Blake, me and me and Blake met in 2010. Um, you know, as I, as I said in the introduction, Blake was drafted in 2008. Is that correct? Yes, correct. So, um, and then, uh, you know, in 2011, I, uh, I was rehabbing initially starting a rehab assignment from Tommy John, in double a where Blake was currently playing in San Antonio that I had actually played before. So it was interesting that after my assignment stopped, I, um, you know, basically was left there to begin my season and like, just trying, I'm, I'm trying to get going from here. And, um, you know, a really awesome thing I got to experience that year personally was, um, especially in a place, um, for anyone who has not had the pleasure of watching a baseball game, San Antonio, Texas. It's very hot. It's very humid. And as a player, you don't have a ton of, of amenities to you. And it's a very, very unique environment where a very, very uh, unique group of people can flourish. And I, I got the experience of playing with a very unique group of guys who were a, a core. Blake was one of these, these guys. And, um, I got to really have a very good experience through my rehab before I left of this is how baseball is played. There was um, rarely a game where it where if you were down, you would experience like even have a feeling that you would have not have a chance by the end of the game to win. And, um, you know, we had, we talked about that briefly before this, but um, really just wanted to, in my own words, 2011 was, was very special for me in that sense because I, I was, in a very greedy way, really wanted the ring that they won because I felt like I, I felt like it was a team I was a part of. Um, but, you know, um, I will say I know he has um, his own thoughts on it, but that was just mine I wanted to kind of bring into the conversation. And then um, in 2012, um, Blake was in a, a bit of a shuffle um, as we had injuries – in the system as well as you know him being just kind of on that uh you know in, in that situation at that point and then um 2013 he was traded and uh 2014 um the, the 
the season was a combination of uh, playing with the White Sox as well as the Diamondbacks. And then 2015, played in Boston, in the uh, Boston organization. And then 2016, uh, with the Long Island uh, organization in the Atlantic League. And then uh, 2017 to 2020, um, there was a combination of graduating from school, which as a fellow player who has started and, and knows what that takes, that's very admirable. And, and the, um, you know, another good bit of uh, experience on the ground as a uh, sports marketing manager. So um, otherwise, Blake, great to have you. And, uh, you know, feel free to let it fly. Oh, yeah, Connor, I appreciate it, man. Thank you definitely for uh, having me on and, and letting me kind of share this with you on your platform. And, uh, no, definitely, yeah, with, with, you know, meeting you back in, like, kind of 2010 a little bit. And then, uh, obviously, whenever we finally got to really play together and, and grew a little bit closer, we definitely had that team that was very, very well-knit um, together as a collective group and played for each other and, yeah, like you said, always never felt like we were really out of a ball game, no matter what the score was. And, um, you know, winning 101 games that year um, and getting a ring, you know, really it was something, something pretty special that really is uh, not very, um, very much evident in some teams uh, anymore. I mean, I think the game is kind of, you know, taking a little bit of a turn. Um with being a little bit more individualistic and, and calling guys up early too, you know, it has a lot to do with that, a lot of factors, but um, yeah, it definitely was uh, an interesting journey for sure. But then that was a great year. Um, really probably was the last year that I really felt like I was playing team baseball. Um, and then yeah, 2012 up and down uh, with the Tucson Padres and AAA and, and uh, up in the big leagues. And then, then going to uh, to being traded to the White Sox the next year and being up and down for uh, for that year too, um, you know it was it was definitely a, a whirlwind of an unwinding process of my career um, where you felt the the wing kind of fall off, uh, but you know you wanted to duct tape it back on and do whatever you could to try to make it. Uh, you know, last as long as it could, uh, because this is what we dedicate our whole entire lives of and, and sacrifice all these different opportunities just to be able to, you know, have that chance of making that long-term contract in the big leagues and, and making life-changing money to where we can actually take care of our family and, um, and you know, show, basically, get back to what we've, what we've dedicated our lives to. So, um no, it definitely is is good to um, you know be able to talk about this stuff, especially um, uh, you know not not only like from a personal standpoint, but just to be able to allow you know the listeners and, and people out there and, and players coming up, um, you know, and then also people who haven't played the game that don't quite understand you know the journey or the feelings that some of these ex ball players are having. Um, you know, because it is definitely therapeutic to us uh, to be able to speak with people who have been through the same journey. Um, but at the same time, it is uh, definitely very rewarding in a sense that, you know, we feel like we're making a difference to try to, you know, help that upcoming uh, group of players. 
No, absolutely. And, and it's, um, I think that's kind of why uh, I, I agree with you as far as seeing that, that turn of culture in, in the game. You know, that's, I would argue every, uh, every generation says the game has changed. And I think it's, this is the change we've, we have, we have been able to observe um, through our time. And it's, you know, when you, when you've played uh, in a, a system of, of, you know, very, very team-oriented play and based on, you know, the potential need of this entire team, not a single type of, of uh, you know, hit or reward or pitch or certain, you know, you need um, an infinite amount of intangibles, not, you know, a couple, you know, and that, I think that is, it is very uh, alarming to see that change so rapidly and you know, mostly it's because it's it's being changed by people who don't understand the game. You know, um, the players playing the game know that a fucking three and a half hour game is long as shit. Like, I don't want to be standing out there for that long either. But the fact is, the people who really really love the game understand why it's that long. And and the, some of those changes in the game, when when you stop letting the game police itself you are having an effect on that. That's why there's a pitch clock or whatever clock, you know, all these things. But um, I think a lot of it is you, you, when you get done playing and you look to um, continue to help cultivate that or be part of that team or that, or, or really, really try and get into something that has that team dynamic to it because you've been so accustomed to that world, you know, whether it's, whether it's, uh, you know, professional sports or the highest level of anything that involves getting the best out of who's around you to, to get the job done. I, I think that's kind of why you, you feel very uh, different about the reality of how fast being done sets in. And, it's, and, it's, and you're never prepared. You're, no one prepares you for it. Um, no one helps you with it. It's never talked about because it's done. You're not playing. You're you're done playing. You're not playing anymore. There's nothing to talk about, you know. And that's, I think, those are all of the really unique things that, uh, you know, you're. It's why you see these in baseball very very subtle changes happening because they are, you know, I equate it to like backing out of the room as slowly as you have to because for whatever reason there's something in this room you're trying to milk till the very end. And it, it's very comfortable to do that when you don't play. You know, it's, it's very comfortable to come up with, um, you know, drug policies and, and uh, come up with rules that people will follow. You know, it's easy to just basically lay things down in stone, especially when most of the time most guys entering it are already kind of within that mostly. And then as you get older and get a little more mileage as a human and you see that, okay, I want to try certain things, you realize like I, I'm very handcuffed with the life I get to live because I have to be concerned with earning money because I'm you know, subject to this, you know, subject to this system of rules and and it's and that's the part where we're we've only seen it really slightly change in the last couple of years because of the influences of the things that are still there. But that's like you said, why there's why there's such a heavy degree of therapy in, in just communication because 
Um, you know, outside of these types of things, there's the general conversation somebody is trying to pull out of you is either asking, you know, if you still are in good shape, why aren't you still playing? Or, um, you know, they're, they're, they're basically kind of digging into a wound. You know, we, we know what we've done in this game and we know how it stacks up in the, in the annals of history, but no one is ever very sensitive to how, like, you know, like I don't, I've put a hundred and 10% of my effort into my best seasons and I failed a lot. And that's something that if you don't understand how to process that as a player, as well as someone who is, is a, a private contractor of their own services, you will have a very difficult time when you exit that world and you have no other skills and, and you've had no help exiting that world. You know, you're only like, like as, as we talked before, I wanted to be a rehab coach. I really, really wanted to, um, you know, really help the guys who were freshly injured. They're typically traditionally the younger guys. Um, uh, I would have been pushed to do some things like learn more Spanish, like, like truly, uh, actually have really engaged in this situation because I know the impact I would have been having. And I had a ton. Of, I would have had a ton of resources. I would have been walking into a gym every day, and you know this, that, and the other. But that was that was what I had to learn about. Like, man, the the business doesn't value this aspect the way it should because the person making those decisions has never been in that situation. Right. And yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think that's that's kind of where like. You know, where, like you said, being, you know, as we as we walk through those years, you know, I remember getting traded and thankfully I saw enough of it to know it wasn't a bad thing, but it depends on what situation you're going into. I went from a worst to first situation. You know, that was that's not how it always works. And that's and that's once again, like I was I was at that point in my career aware enough that, OK, I, I don't need to go in the training room because I can kind of get myself ready. But. I also know I need the training room because I get hurt a lot, you know. So that that's yeah. kind of the like if you get thrown into a team that doesn't have a good, um, you know, maybe maybe that organization traditionally lacks good uh, health care by health care, you know, like their strength conditioning program and or treat training medical, whatever it is, maybe isn't up to what it should be for what the actual task at hand is. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's not uncommon it's not always it's not always the case but knowing you know also we played in an era um where we did have people that we could trust with you know sensitive information i, I don't feel great today but i'm gonna play you know that's that's probably traditionally more the way it goes if, if i'm not mistaken yeah and i mean and there's you know like going on to a different team from you know whenever i started out um you know, I was always, I think it was, it was looked as a good thing and viewed as a good thing to be able to, you know, be in the training room, do your preventative uh, maintenance type stuff, you know, and not, not have it seem like you're being hurt yet. Whenever I was, would go in and just try to get some maintenance work done because I just ran a bunch of sprints because I'm not in the lineup, you know, the starting lineup that night, um, you know, during BP and I, and I got a huge, you know, leg workout in. Um, knowing that I have till about eh, the sixth or seventh inning until maybe I got to go in for, you know, defense replacement or go pinch run. Um, you know, I'd come in and I'd be like, Hey, you know, can I get, 
you know, just some like hamstring work done or something just to make sure that my legs are fresh for the seventh, you know? And, um, and then it was just like, I got looked at like, um, what are you, are you starting today? And I was like, well, no, no, but I, you know, I just did some sprints with, you know, our trainer or sport or our strength guy outside, you know, and, and I just kind of was feeling like, uh, just want to be ready and fresh for tonight. And he was like, okay, well, are you hurt? And I was like, well, no, I'm not hurt. I'm just trying to, you know, make sure that I don't get hurt. So it was, it was a very different viewpoint that I had to basically look at almost like put my head down as I was walking through the trainer room to go back to the, the, you know, the whirlpool room and, and the hydrotherapy room um, just to make sure that they didn't think that I was actually hurt and they're trying to get something, you know, and I was always the one trying to bust my ass, you know, like in the gym, um, you know, especially in the big leagues, you know, like I'm coming off the bench all the time, you know, I only got a handful of starts really to where I knew what my role was going to be when I got up there. So I wanted to make the best of it. And I was always, you know, playing manager, trying to figure out whenever maybe, Oh, am I going to maybe uh double switch here or, you know, like our wins a pitcher up, you know, like, or, um, all right, who's, who they got warming up in the bullpen, you know, like all this, blah, blah, blah. And, and it was, um, it was just like a definitely a different mindset that I had to transition to, to make sure that I was, I guess, you know, like doing what they wanted me to do yet playing that fine line of like making sure that I was ready and always going to be healthy and keep my body where it needed to be. And, and, uh, and to clarify for anybody listening, the national league style of play in this period of time was was very intensive to the player you you never actually have a real day off um, especially if you're an everyday player and and depending on where you've come from and, and who you've been in with in your immediate uh kind of clubhouse and, and environment these these things are not big asks like nothing nothing we're talking about is crazy to like try and get done and a lot of it is you know as i've as with, uh, you know, with, with cannabis CBD, what I've been really trying to engage with, with um, anybody who's willing to have the conversation is, um, you know, a lot of the things we're taught in baseball are, are proactive and preventative. It's why we stretch and do a lot of things before we would play the game. But depending on uh, who's writing the checks and who's, who's doing some of that, that work on you and for you, um, you know, those are reported. They do go into like a health report, injury reports. And, and unfortunately, depending on who's, who's looking at it and filtering it, it, it either looks like you're constantly coming in to deal with an issue and you're not, you know, you're not on the DL. But at the same time, if I'm not hurt and this is just how I exist because I was taught to exist like this, it, it is a very difficult thing to walk in those worlds. It's like, um, you know, I signed... I was signed by a different um, uh, minor league, uh, uh, okay, what do we call it? Like, I had different minor league oversight at the time I, I was drafted as the time I was signed. So, you know, these things, and these are the important kind of details that really help you, help, help kind of unp- unpack that spectrum of the National League game is very fast-paced and intense, and you, when you learn how to play it, especially at the highest level, you basically sit down for the first inning and then you're always kind of ready to go. Yeah. 
and and I think that's 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 kind of one of those things, like you said, those when you're transitioning, you know, you only start doing that in double A, and you only do it half the time because only half the league is in that situation with you. So, you know, it's a these adjustments are always getting there, and then you know maybe maybe something happens, you get traded to an American League team, and like I did, and it was an entirely different experience. Like you, I, I imagine you experienced too. Yeah. Same, yeah, and it's like, and they were almost like kind of looking at me like, hey, why are you getting ready? Like, why are you going in there so early and stuff like to go and stay loose or hit balls off the tee? And I'm like, well, you know, like I'm coming from a National League team and and like I just, this is just kind of how I'm bred to like stay in the game, you know, like mentally and just like being being prepared and ready to go. Like, you know, no matter what. And, you know, and in, in the American League, I mean, should I sat on the bench for seven, eight games in a row and didn't even see the field? Um, you know, and, and so it's like a completely different ball game, you know, whenever I got trained over to the American League. But it's, uh, but you know, I still try to keep my core values and what I needed to do personally to be ready, you know, and I didn't want to look like a liability always going into the clubhouse or going into the trainer room, excuse me, um, in, in an American League type, type sense, you know, whenever I wasn't actually starting that game. But I came from, you know, the Padres where the massage therapist there was like, Hey, uh, you know, in my first year making up to the biggest with him, like, you know, that he was like, Hey, um, Hey, how's, how's your legs feeling, Blake? And I'm like, Oh, I'm all right. He's like, you, you want to get anything done? And I was like, Oh no, don't worry, man. Like, I know you got like a lot of guys. And he's like, no, no, come on. I got, I'll get you like something. He's like, what are you on hamstrings, lower legs? And I'm like, all right. Yeah. And then he like made me sit on the table. And then 30 minutes later, I'm like, geez, man, my legs feel so much better. I'm like, wow, I really appreciate that. I'm like, so I was super grateful for that. And I didn't think it was much really to ask for, you know, like I wasn't asking for like them to hook up all these crazy machines to me and bring in a hyperbaric chamber, you know, or anything like that. Like I, I just wanted, you know, to kind of flush out the lactic acid that I just built up and just to, uh, to be able to, to recover better. Cause we didn't have all the stuff that they do now. You know, no. we had to actually do it on our own. We had to go, and self-medicate with with cannabis you know at night to try to get our bodies and our muscles to relax or to um you know kind of rub out stuff on our own with like all these um uh those tools and everything you know like all the time and and doing all these things at home rolling out at home and and coming in early and trying to get stuff done on your own and doing exercise and make sure your hips and back were feeling good that day like it was just all a completely different time to where now everything's so science-based and there's, there's always something that you can do next level for something else. You know, we didn't have all these hypervolt and, and hyper ice type things and their guns and all that laying around. We had one maybe like towards the end of my career when it finally started coming out, but, but we didn't have everything that was accessible nowadays to where, I mean, it's, it's a science to keep your body healthy. Like recovery is a huge, huge part of the game now. And it's, it wasn't looked upon the same whenever we were playing. No, it was definitely, uh, definitely not approached the same way. And, and to put into another context, you know, most, most, um, you know, by now, especially just given the age group coming in, uh, traditionally, most guys start playing baseball early ages. Uh, we'll call it, we'll call it four to eight. You know, I started uh, almost turning nine. Um, you know, and and the more promise you see as a player coming up, 
whether that be just as a kid or not, you traditionally get asked to play more, you know, especially depending on where you live. If it's a year round possibility, you tend to try and do that. So knowing, knowing that by the time we're talking about these, you know, this, this, this subject of going into the training room where, you know, part of that, uh, part of that nuance also is, um, you know, not only to the powers that be, who signed the checks, does the training room have a, a certain feel to it? You know, the training room, when I when I first got there, had that, it was kind of on the edge of this last culture of baseball, um, very, very uh, based on seniority and time and experience, which is not a bad marker, to be fair, but a lot of that is if you if you acquire that and are, and are still really awesome, just, just a very accommodating person, knowing not everyone gets this ex- this experience like you have. That's that's the thing I think that most guys really really appreciate. But knowing where um, the training room was was seen as this like um, you're almost not allowed to go in there if you haven't been here long enough kind of thing. You know, like there are some environments out there that if you didn't have you know, and it's one of those things. How do I get the experience to do this? Like, I just want to go sit on the couch. You're telling me I can't sit on the couch? You know, and that's and that's part of, like, what we're talking about. Like, trying to frame how hard some of these things are to actually, like, put into the appropriate sequence. Because you, we haven't, ta- you're, we're not talking about travel and all these other things that are crazy. We're just talking about when I'm in the game moment. This is what I was trained to do, and this is why I was trained to do it, and it makes perfect sense. So why is someone else looking at me like I'm crazy or like I, I have a problem? Even when I explain this and articulate it very well, like you said, you know, if if we're we're going home and doing these things, I used to travel with my little my little bag of of tricks, like a little foam roller, you know, some trigger point tools, things that, you know, I I do this before I go get my breakfast, you know, like. I'm preparing myself to walk downstairs, you know, like that's, that's the level of, of like dialed in you get to try and work with. But in this time period, we're talking about a lot more of it was based on feel and, and feedback than like just, you know, using numbers as a marker of success. And that's, and that's the thing that is very, um, very lost, I think, in, in baseball in general is like you know teaching feel is very important and that's not easy to do mostly because you have to you know you as the player have to be able to sustain that environment long enough to learn feel and right and you're fighting injury that whole time you're fighting like you said you're fighting the system you know what can i use at night what can't i use at night um you know all these things that are competing at the same time as well as you being, you know, I also like to go out on Fridays and enjoy my social time because I'm 20-something. I also like to enjoy my privacy because I also like to be private when I want to be. And, you know, I think those are all things where when your your life is on a schedule for everybody to see, that that makes those things very difficult when the greater volume of those those eyes – don't really see anything other than 6:30 on you know and that's yeah. that's that's what makes this very important because it's not fun to talk about the things that 
make that experience not ideal but they are happening to a lot of people and that's like you said it's um you know it's going to be addressed either proactively or as it as the fire starts burning and that's you know that's part of why we're really trying to do this is to express like man all, all you see is the highlights and and like you have no idea what 0 for 10 feels like it's two days worth of of absolute hell you know it's like it, especially depending on what the like I've gone over 10 with great swings and kind of not been upset about it but a really nasty over 10 with like seven or eight strikeouts is is like I've been living I, I want the universe to, to end I don't care I don't yeah, care yeah. who I don't care who is who leaves or anything you know some of these things and that's and that's the thing is as soon as that last one maybe I end the game I have to do this tomorrow I don't want to do this tomorrow I know this is probably going to happen tomorrow. And, and I think, right. you know, that's, that's the part, like, you know, once again, those are, those are all things competing at the same time. None of these want, none of these things are happening, uh, in a, in a static way. And then you're preparing yourself for the next one. Sometimes they all happen in the same day. Right. And, and, and yeah, you know, it kind of trains your mind to be perfectionist, you know, like, but at the same time, knowing that being, being able to come back from adversity and battle adversity with knowing that you're going to only succeed three times out of 10. And that's like having a phenomenal season. Like, and you know, the real world isn't like that. I mean, back in you know, coming up through high school, it's like a 70% is like an average, like a C. So it's like completely flip the scale and you have to like train your mindset to be okay with failure yet you have to be a perfectionist in how you square up a ball with a round bat and a round ball. Like it's, it's just very, very contradictory to life. I mean, in general, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to translate it to it to where, yeah, everybody's like, Oh, you know what? It's life is so much easier. You know, like once like without baseball and stuff, like it's just life's a lot easier. And, and they like, it is like to a certain extent, but at the same time, it's definitely not because, you're not handed a guidebook to once you leave and you're released for the last time, whether you're, you just can't play anymore or your body's broken down enough or, you know, you're just like kind of fed up with it and walk out on your own terms. Like no, nobody hands you a, a guidebook and is like, here, okay, this is what you got to do next. Um, and you can get started through this or that, you know, like there are, certain i guess programs and stuff that kind of do but they don't they don't make that so readily available to you to where like a lot of guys have such an ego and and hold their head up with all their pride so much to where they're not going to ask for it too you know like there's there's there should be almost like a mandatory like exit meeting to you know to make sure that like with a therapist or something like just to make sure that everything is going to be okay with the transition and, and almost have like a transition type solution going along with you to help kind of mend you back into the real world. Because really it's like, I mean, taking however long your career is, it's like taking a time out from life and then jumping back into it, however long your career was and realizing that the world didn't stop for that long. And you're jumping back in with people who always looked up to you while you were on TV playing 
and thought you you know asking for tickets asking to hang out whenever you're in town and all of a sudden whenever you're done you come back and it's like oh, okay like well now you can't offer me anything anymore really so it's like other than like oh hey uh oh yeah that was awesome man like it was great career what are you doing now are you coaching are you doing this giving lessons and it's like man you know it, it it kind of makes you want to totally take off that uniform and and get that tag off you to really be able to go out and find yourself as a human without that baseball player tag on you, you know, and it's, and it's tough to do so, especially whenever, like I said, to make it to the level that we did and to make it a longevity of a career, like you have to literally give up and dedicate so much of your life and sacrifice so many things to be able to make it up there. And so that has to be your identity. And, and it is, Definitely something like that, an identity crisis is inevitable for any baseball player. Uh, whether you're like a, uh, got a cup of coffee, you know, like I did with, with very few bats and everything, or if you're a 20 year veteran, I mean, it, it always is going to be a void that you can't really truly fill again. And it is almost, I mean, yeah, you got to like mourn a death, you know, like not to be, um, uh, not to be too, uh, dramatic really about it or anything, but it really is, you know, like something that you have to be able to, to bury and be okay with like, okay, now that was a, just a chapter in my life. Like I can't let it define me, but at the same time, what can I pull good from that? And also you have to pivot and be like, okay, now what, where did that hurt me in my life? And what, what spots did it really like kind of tear me down inside and be man enough to, to look inside and, and, and be able to be vulnerable enough to be able to talk about it. Um, because you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of dark days and dark nights. And, uh, whenever you can't go back into that, into that clubhouse and, you know, a lot of ways to cope from that was either to go, um, you know, get an anti-depression pill or anti-anxiety pill or, um, even Adderall, you know, like go get a TV for that, but, but not even TV anymore because after baseball and it's like, well, or, you know, you could go the route to where it was frowned upon and go the cannabis route, which is the more healthy route where I really started to believe in it because I felt how it was able to a relax my muscles and body after the game. Um, and B how I was able to like, kind of take my mind off things and like, whether it was, a four for four game or an over for four game, you know, like you're either going to celebrate and relax and kick back and, and, uh, or else, you know, they're, you're going to kind of medicate and then, and then realize, you know, okay, Hey, maybe I'll look at some film and try to like kind of see what I did, but from like a, a position where you can pull the emotion out of it, um, with a relaxed mindset, understanding that, okay, Hey, like this isn't my entire life in this one at bat. But at the same time, though, like this is what I do for a living and this is my my career. So there is that fine line of like you got to care, but you can't care too much to where it consumes you and eats you alive every single day because it will and it does. And it is definitely tough to um, to, to swallow that pill, um, you know, which is uh, which, you know, it's 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 something that, like I said, you know, cancer is something that was. Um, and I didn't use through all the whole minor leagues. Um, you know, like I, I was, 
I was worried about getting that slap on the wrist and getting tested or anything. So I, I, you know, I went out with the guys and went to the bars and had some drinks and stuff and woke up feeling like shit the next day and hung over for a day game and realizing like, ah, damn, like, like it was fun last night, but man, like I do feel like shit. And I wish that there was like something else that I could, you know, kind of ease my mind after the game and still enjoy with my, with my, my teams and, 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 uh, and my guys, you know, like, but, um, but something that also can like help benefit me for the next day when I got to go back in there and I got to grind out four more of bats to try to get two knots, you know, it's, um, and that, and that's where, that's where I really, really believed in it. And whether I had to do it, you know, by myself, um, you know, in double a, whenever I kept getting sent back to double a and still on the, on the roster, when most guys weren't on the roster back there, um, you know, like I, I didn't want to be looked at the, at, you know, as like the guy who just smokes weed all night, you know, or anything like that. But at the same time, like I didn't want to be the guy to going out and hammering shots with the guys and then knowing I'm going to wake up with a huge hangover and muscle stiff and, and not be able to be at my full potential for that day, because it is a grind and it's just like cumulative trauma to your body every single day you're never 100 percent when you go out there you're not even 100 percent whenever the season starts because you have a month and a half two months long worth of spring training that you just grind it out in the arizona or florida heat wherever you're at and it's like nobody really is ever truly 100 percent. like and if they tell you that they're lying oh, that's no, why it's yeah. so important where you know the, taking care of your body and all the maintenance work is something that i really did believe in whenever they said it was okay to do and you know, and it's funny too, because that um, you know all all that. It, it's interesting to frame it because you're you're trained so well to do one thing, which is play baseball, which is very dynamic when you're on the field. Like you can do a lot of things, but in the real world, there's it's very limiting, and that's that's why we're you know kind of talking about it like this. The the job opportunities afforded to you when you are highly um, you know, attuned to baseball are very few. And and that's kind of the, you come out trained so highly in that, which is, which, you know, I, I've had to reflect for myself, like you come out in tr typically high, you know, depending on how old you are, uh, very peak physical shape, um, very peak physical uh, mental state as far as your understanding of, of what you can accomplish. And, you know, the unfortunate part is, None of that, um, other than other than just raw physical utility, you're not really trained to do anything else or be anything else. And and you know, to even that tune of of you know, uh, let's let's say uh, the preferred mechanism. You know, I preferred once I once I started like yourself to understand cannabis for myself, um, it became a, a struggle of discretion. You know, like I I just don't want to get in trouble. But I know I don't get in trouble from baseball. So a lot of it is this, I just need to be discreet. But you yeah. you are never, you know, like if you don't have the opportunity to set up or, or um, you know, don't have that uh, teammate or that, that other dude who literally in the treehouse with you who's, who's cool kind of leaving shit behind for you or, or – or, you know, understands how this part of that shuffle works. It's very difficult being the only person on a team who smokes or, um, you know, no differently than it's very difficult to leave a game where you're highly trained to do a lot of things, 
yet you walk out into a world where, you know, like a, I can't even bring a bat out here because people think I have a weapon, you know, and, and it just becomes this in, incredible, in, incredibly intense transition where just yesterday I had an entirely different uh, degree of access to the same world that I don't have today. And that is something that really, you know, really uh, is very difficult, especially like you said, when, you know, I've, I've been training, doing all these things, and now I get out and I don't have, I have myself, my best asset as a good resource, but otherwise I am however many years behind now. And you hear that you're, you hear that expressed, you know, it's, it's told to you in spring training. It's so, and once again, you know, the funny thing is, like you said, you're preparing, you know, I, I, I've, I've started to learn baseball was, was an eternal preparation. You're preparing I, all day. I'm preparing to play a game of baseball. And as soon as I'm done playing, I'm preparing to play another game. And as soon as, you know, it's like, it, and even it's like season's over, I'm preparing for the next season. Like there is never a period where I'm, I'm off. And right. some of that is perception. You know, that selfish thing we talked about, like I have to do this mostly because I have no idea what the fuck it takes to do this. I have to do whatever I think I need to do to, to do this. And, you know, when you are like, like yourself or myself, someone who had to put in a lot of work to reap success, like if I don't correct this, I will not be successful. Kind of like my, my swing doesn't just even itself out, you know, like, you know, that's, that's the kind of things that really start to plague you when, like you said, I got to go out there and do it tomorrow. And, you know, like, let's say that after the game, you know, un- unplug, like, you know, my, myself, yourself could probably admit to, um, giving into drinking. And once again, this is not to, to call one thing, you know, like, uh, you know, this is not to demonize like alcohol is bad is that it's a lot of it is right. if we're using these things as tools, the tool that alcohol became for me was very dull because I can't, you know, I'd prefer smoking. The amount of alcohol it takes me to feel the way I want to feel is heavily degrading the next day. Not to mention the detail of that is very unique is when you're trained, when, when I, I won't say like when you're highly trained, but in this environment, you train to, you train to play hard and you also basically are always in this proving ground of like unwinding very hard. So like a lot of guys genuinely are, are, dealing with this cycle of, of up and down um, by input, you know, whether that's alcohol, a, a lot of alcohol. It's just the most common thing you can grab for, and it's got the least stigma with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but that's that's kind of the, the, the problem when, you know, you start to, like, me or you, like, I was able to identify, man, like, alcohol is just this, this shitty tool, man. I, I can't stand this for me for myself. And... Like when I smoke, I am in a much better place. I I'm in a recognizably better place than everyone else here that doesn't do it. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing of like even without having the knowledge and understanding and experience of of then to now until now, it's still like I I, I feel like I kind of kept doing it because even though I don't know everything that's happening here, I just really like it. And for everything I've been trained to do, this is one of those feel things you just don't like get rid of. Right. You, you just, it's like a gut instinct where you're like, ah, this works. Like, 
it's just like how i mean picking up a bat and like you 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 just kind of take half of a practice and you're like ah that's it right there and then you go with it and then it starts working for you and you're like okay and and, and it becomes part of your routine absolutely there's you know like never i think that's kind of um uh you know in that game um you know baseball has a lot of um it's known as being superstitious. It's this, that when you, once again, when you don't adhere to those types of things, very hard and fast, um, you know, like, like I was telling someone the other day, like rally caps, I have no problem doing a rally cap cause it's fun. And it's like, it's how you start, you know, it's part of the game from the time you play it for nothing for a fucking juice box and some cookies right. and, until you're, it's literally your livelihood and you're, you're hating it and it's a job. You know, but that's one of those things that, like, it actually, that's one of those few instances at the highest level where it actually, beyond this this bullshit, you know, self-indulgent promotion, some of those things are, are genuinely, like, very organically part of the game that make it very, very fun. You know, so, right. but but some of those things, too, like, that's a, that's a superstition that's just accepted, like, as someone who doesn't give a shit... A lot of it is I don't want to ruin everybody else here, so same seats, same thoughts. We're good. Like let's do it. Like and 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 yep. that's part of being on the team. Like I'm not the most superstitious person here. I honestly think it's killed me in the past. That's why I stopped. But you know I have to address. <laughs> like I can't I, I can't overrun millions of people's experiences with this game. Like some of these people rub their fucking hat and want a game. I can't explain it. So. I'll do it with them. Like, what's your rally crap? What's your this, this, you know, like, um, but, but I think that's just kind of the, you know, those are the, those are like the whimsical things that sometimes are, can be intangible for some guys, you know, like there are some guys that can think themselves into a great streak or, or truly, but the greater volume of, of, you know, combatants that enter that ring are, are, always trying to make adjustments and and sometimes it's based off of uh a suggestion they shouldn't have been given um sometimes it's because they want it to look a certain way sometimes it's because you know uh, there is an infinite amount of reasons why um things go very right and very wrong for guys but i think those those things that in between you know like the things the the means of medication things like that where i just want to feel I just need to feel a certain way because I know what I have to do tomorrow. And when I do this, it seems to help me really get there in a better way. You know, I'm, I'm not having to play catch up from drinking because I can drink like a fish because I train all hard all day and I know how to rehydrate. And it's like, it's like, I'm not saying I'm the biggest drinker on earth, but the fact is I can, I can do this and then go do that because I can train myself to do it. But eventually that ceiling that you that you have experienced as very high doesn't go away, but your ability to reach it diminishes. You you, you begin to see a decline in your abilities, and that's the that's that kind of uh, some. If you make a good adjustment to it, you squeeze out some time. If you don't adjust to it, the game will adjust to you, and you'll be gone. Yeah, and at the snap of a finger. Yeah, and and no one really. I, I don't think you know. Once again. Like you said, there's no guidebook. Snap of a, like literally snap of a finger. I was done and done. That's the tap of a shoulder, really. I mean, you know, like, that's it. Yeah, it legitimately. Is. Like, you know, I, I, <laughs> I legitimately took myself out of the game because I just, I was, I couldn't squeeze my left hand. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck I did this time. It, I, it's nothing's broken, but you know what? 
I, I'm just I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get my med card. I'm gonna go start this because I just need to see how I feel. Like I'm clearly yeah. willing to put myself through some shit, but I need to see how I feel because now that I know actually what it really really takes. I, I know if I have it or not. And if and unless you're giving me a guaranteed amount of money and insurance, I can't do this to myself. I have way yeah, yeah, it's just chasing the dream that's going to only frustrate you day in, day out, that you can't live up to the standard that you either once could or that they are trying to hold you at. And it's just like mentally, I mean, it is it takes a absolute destructive toll on your mind. And it's just so tough to to be able to to bounce back whenever you're you're in your mind, you know, you're you're trying to go out there and think that you can be the the twenty year old who just freshly got drafted and go out there and like play the same way, but you're just like your mind's evolving with the game. But at the same time though, you gotta realize like even for me from going to college, you know, playing seventy games a year or whatever it was, like to go into or six fifty six or whatever it was, like to even 70 which was in short season up to 144 in the minors to 162 in the big leagues like i mean holy shit the the amount of just like wear and tear on your body day in day out with one off day no matter your travel some days in double a whenever you're traveling on the bus overnight to go somewhere else like or waking up at 3 30 in the morning to travel in the international league to go and fly somewhere and then get into the hotel at one o'clock and then like all of a sudden you have to take bp so you really just gotta like drop your shit and go back on the bus and it's like man like you there's we call them mtds mental toughness days you know like those are those are the days where you're like damn like to have this adderall thank god you know like or whatever like if you had that tv but if not you're like shit dude like i need two five-hour energies and a red bull just to be able to get through like the first couple innings it feels like i mean and then I mean, knowing that what you're doing to your body is just like, damn, how do you recover from that? Like, you go and you drink that night to finally try to fall asleep, like, whenever you don't want to get drug tested and get a slap on the wrist. Or if you're lucky enough to be on the 40, man, like, at that time, then you're like, okay, well, I can get away with smoking, but I got to be discreet about it because it's still a stigma, and it's and it's, and it's wrong in a lot of people's eyes. And if I get caught by this, then all of a sudden, boom, it's going to be in the tabloids, and, and I'm going to get a... Uh, a beat down from my GM and and in the sense of like for just for with words you know like or anything and and just saying like oh yeah this isn't good for your image and all that and then you know they're gonna slowly kind of wash your hand their hands with you and it's just uh, it's a shame because it's like the stigma on it is just so uh, it's just so like there's not they say that there's not enough research to make it be on like the benefits of it, but there's also not enough research for the, the negative side effects on it too. So like, there's a whole, there's a different spectrum and two sides of the stories to it, to where like now finally, you know, like with all these, you know, lab tests and stuff coming out, all these thousands of strains and, and CBD, CBG, uh, CBN, you know, like all taken through different times of the day, one for focus, one for inflammation, one for helping fall asleep, you know, like, um one for focus for like for a sativa versus an indica plant like there's so many the the the, this medicinal plant is just so beneficial on such a wide spectrum for so many people and so many different types of ailments that people have like that it's just not fair to stigmatize it as it being 
completely bad, all of it, no matter what, cannabis is terrible. And it sucks that we had to go through that time period to where it was, it was, uh, cause you know, like I did, I did get a slap on the wrist whenever I, I, I got released. Um, I got, I had a drug test right before I got released, but I got DFA, um, maybe two weeks before I got drug tested. And then, um, coming back, you know, I get a letter in the mail sent to me saying like, Hey, you failed your drug test. You, um, blah, blah, blah. You need to complete this like course to make sure that you're not like a drug addict. And I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, I'm like, I've, I've walked in rooms to where I see guys literally like pictures, like snorting pain pills that were given to them by our trainer. And I'm like, okay, so like I'm the drug addict whenever I'm like doing stuff to the, like, just basically saving the world is what we would call it on one team because we would just like smoke and we'd go play video games rather than go create and just wreak havoc on the city that we were in and going and drinking <laughs> at the bars and just making bad decisions. You know, like we were, we were saving the world in our minds. And at the same time though, like to everybody else outside of it though, we were the bad guys who were just like the, the smokers and like the, the guys who would just stink up the hallways and stuff. And I'm like, man, you know, like this is just not fair, but it's, that's life, I guess, in general. But at the same time, though, like you start to realize, like, hey, you know, fuck what everybody else thinks. Like, this is what works for me, and this is how. And if I'm able to do it on the forty man, you know, now luckily they don't have to test it either way. But it's, um, it's like, why weren't we able to get a TUE for smoking? Like, yeah, I got a TUE for Vivance and for Adderall, but like at the same time, I didn't get one and couldn't get one for smoking. Like. And I, and I've went through some things where I signed off in the middle of the season on my Vivance because I, I realized the problems that it was given and they were definitely, the cons were definitely outweighing the pros that it was giving me. And if I didn't have it in my system, when I did get drug tested, boom, I get 80 games and I have a failed test. And it's like, so I didn't want to have that whole thing weighing on my shoulder when I'm like, yeah, some days, okay. Like it, it, after a night, full night's sleep and, and hydrated properly, then like, yeah, this medication, like for sure is, is something that really greatly helped me, especially me, like going through my first year in the big leagues. I remember talking to the team doctor afterwards. I'm like, you know, I, I just had so much like anxiety with how like all over the place my mind was with just the atmosphere because i mean nothing can get you ready for the big leagues other than playing in the big leagues That's you know like triple a is not even not even a comparison to like the big leagues it's just no. like yeah you're playing with guys who played in the big leagues and stuff and on the bubble but like that atmosphere in the big leagues with all that money on the table all these other players on the huge contracts that next junior locker playing against some of the best players literally in the world like and then all of a sudden you got fans yelling all this shit to you, especially whenever I was with the White Sox, you got Cubs fans like telling tell me I'm the worst player in the world and shit. When I'm like, hey man, like this is my first start in a while. Like, can you calm down back there? It's rough. It gets, it gets, yeah, it gets uh, fucking real, man. And, and same thing like to what you're saying, you know, the, uh, the, the environment is, is an interesting to thing to evaluate because you know, to to the outside, that GM, that that looming presence seems like this fucking you know massive like like uh, Scrooge McDuck type character, like high up in a tower kind of shit. And it and it's a weird feeling because it's like you see them walk through here and you know they don't understand this. They're just walking through. You're a number. I'm not statistically doing what I should do. Like 
Um, you know, and that's when it comes to like, man, like the tipping point on some of this shit is I smoke weed and, and, and literally I'm, you know, otherwise, like you said, I'm saving the world instead of wreaking havoc. Like I, I remember a lot, um, you know, like getting into a hotel smoke, like, like literally my night was either, you know, I, I have something that I'm comfortable smoking in my room because it doesn't smell ridiculous or otherwise I'm, I am crunched in the bathrooms, like blowing into a fan. And, you know, oh, like, yeah. this is me trying to fucking, you know, this is me trying to exist in that environment. Like you said, you walk into a, like, nothing makes uh, the big leagues harder to play than the person driving the vehicle. And, and that's part of, right. like, part of, like, you know, when you look at yourself as this vehicle, um, you know, the, the onboard computer that's, that's in the cabin, you know, you, especially in this environment, you you forget that 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 mileage takes its toll on the vehicle because you're inside of it you're seeing out like like if the windshield doesn't crack you don't see the same problems uh, as when you actually are forced to like pull over and fucking jack this motherfucker up and fix something and right. i think that's that's why you know where i've turned to trying to help people understand just just try and put that analogy in, in someone else's court of like, like put yourself on a lift. Like you've seen your car tires get changed or something, you know, think about like for me, you know, my, my suspension is garbage. My hips hurt, my knees, all this shit. And it's, and it's mostly because I did this for such a long time. And now it feels like I barely, you know, I look back and I can recall some things very quickly and others. It's like, dude, this, this, this dozen years of time that took, took what it took from me. You know, is very interesting oh, yeah. when when you reflect on it because of all of the things it teaches you, but no one teaches you how to use all those things other than to play baseball. And that that's kind of the thing, like you said, once you mix in like, you know, especially the years we're talking, we're talking 2012, 13, 14, like cannabis is not the same conversation it is the now, especially depending on where you are in the world, you know, like um, playing in Texas in 2015 was not the same, you know, situation as being in California. There's there's almost a, a like there's almost a like top to bottom risk spectrum between those two states, like legitimately. Oh yeah. So so to be the able mindset completely different. And yeah. and like you said, you know, laws. <laughs> yeah, procedurally knowing that this pill if it doesn't leave my system fast enough procedurally as i'm trying to get off of it and i'm drug tested i will be subject because my prescription that would or, or my tue that would cover this if it did come up on a test is no longer available to me and that little buffer of time's fucking terrifying because it's no oh, yeah. different it's no different than like fuck man I got. I, I don't want to eat this garbage ass food that's available. I don't want to go get fast food. I'm gonna. I need to find some protein bars. Well, well, metrics aren't NSF certified, or this, or whatever the whatever I'm looking for may not be NSF certified, and it's it's arguably the same risk. And that's the thing they won't tell you or help you with. It's like there should be other than like extreme performance enhancers, there should be almost nothing you can't really like, especially naturalized things that you can't use, you know? And that's right. Un unfortunately, that's, um, you know, baseball, like, like 
perfect example. The ownership of baseball is not a bunch of young people. They're a bunch of people that had enough money to be part of the ownership of Major to League purchase Baseball. purchase a team. Exactly. Right. Now, just by virtue of, you know, they're older, they're in business, this, like this, this, just you're segmenting them out of the culture of people who understand this, this for one, this game and how it's played because none of them play it, and two, cannabis and how it actually functions in in people's worlds and that's where you get this like you know like when i when i first got into the game it was like you know yeah weed's not tested for it's kind of like that give that the owners you know kind of owners kind of gave into that and it's like well i don't understand that yet but okay well now it's like i understand it because you know they they truly like otherwise understand there's nothing really wrong with it but we can't let everyone use it because if you get caught with it in a certain state, we get a black eye and all this. It's just wild when you get into the politics of, of like, you know, trying to uh, keep your business looking squeaky clean. And, and that's the yeah. problem when we talk about, like, you're w- more willing to cover up uh, actual illicit activity or, or be more in favor of guys who are truly making very bad decisions that may be harming others themselves all of that and this plant is your is your big focus and problem and you know even now um you know with what i do trying to help educate and and um help these guys understand what this can do for them you know no no trainers are helping them understand this um other than you know the ones who are the dudes you know behind the scenes like it's very and it's it's that herd has thinned so you know um yeah so they, you know, they they're they're scared for their job security. You know, they don't want to be fired, and they don't want to be, because at the end of the day, yeah, those those the people making the, the laws up there for the for the organization and team are the one that signs the paychecks. So it's it's why you see the ebb and flow of that culture of baseball. Like, I want to yeah. see I want to see my team do this, so I'm going to hire the people to to make it happen. Or you know, yeah. and a lot of it yeah. comes down to money. Like where, you know, I. I it's gonna. It's nice to talk about this because, like, where where would it make sense uh, to put a t- a clock on a game that's never had a clock? You know, and to me, it was always, well, I wonder how much alcohol you could sell after the seventh inning, because it cuts off yeah. at the seventh. It's you know, and arguably, if you could do that, you'd probably never want the game to stop. If there was never a threshold on on doing this. So, so my thought is the game has started to evolve based off statistics that count, like basically you get the most money per game for the shortest amount of time. And that's how you try and make this game function that has never had a clock before. You know, the people who love it don't care about how long it takes because when you let it police itself, it doesn't take that long. You know, throw the fucking ball, right. get in the fucking box, shit like that. That yeah, you know, and when the umpires, yeah, can police it themselves, and the and the players, yeah, like are on a understanding that, like, hey, come on, let's go. Like, there's 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 unspoken etiquette that, yeah, like it can it doesn't need to have a a damn time time box up there and and have you uh, walk in the box and up there and hurry yourself up looking up there and realizing like, oh yeah, shit, I gotta realize like, oh, this guy's got a sinker cutter and curveball and change up you know like and what is he gonna throw me first you know like there's like you're saying in your other stuff you know like there's so much information readily available to you you you, you know you walk in the clubhouse there's no the tvs that are on they have the pitchers that are either the starting pitchers that are throwing that day or else the relievers that are like up for that day for them and to be able to watch how they throw how their delivery is what pitches they got like there's 
And then all of a sudden you have the hitters meeting and then boom, they throw statistics out for, Hey, in OO counts, he throws 65% of the time. He throws a fastball, uh, 20% of the time he'll throw a cutter and then like all the rest will be off speed. And you're like, Whoa, man, like, I'm just trying to like, just show me how his ball moves. And then like, and then let me, let me just like, let my athleticism and instinct kind of take over too. Like there's, a fine line between being too informed to where you're mind fucking yourself and being like prepared, you know? No, absolutely. And that's, that's why, you know, even when, uh, you know, you had enough time in that environment, um, you know, cause where you triple a now is like my last year in triple a was just 17 was like, they're fucking video on these guys now. Holy shit. Like you used to have to ask around and you know, where, like you said that in those certain circumstances, that overabundance, like, you know, my first couple of days in the big leagues, I was watching every video, doing all this, and and I eventually got to the point where, like, dude, I don't hit from behind this motherfucker. Like, I I like seeing what they throw. I like seeing the scouting report on paper. You know, I want to see what they yeah. throw, how hard it know is, know how hard they you throw, know, like yeah. the percentage. Like, okay, if it's you know, give me the order of his pitches. This is how I've been doing this my entire fucking the way up. You know, and, and the thing right. is, too, sometimes you're showing me a fucking scouting report on a guy who's on TV every fucking five days, man. I know who he is. So right. it's like right. it's like I'm getting nothing out of watching this. I see this all the time. And and that's why, like, dude, getting to, um, you know, getting to different places and seeing those scouting reports change, it showed me it showed me a really unique, like, okay, there's some cool things I like to see that I p- would prefer to see to other things. Like literally you showed me this, you can fuck off the rest of this bullshit meeting. I just need to yeah. see certain things. Cause I go out there and like, I'm willing to take a pitch to learn something. I don't feel like, right. I, I don't feel like I'm, and that's part, once again, part of that is like, I also, you know, the context is you miss your pitch. You might not get it again. This is the big leagues, but otherwise I'm confident in my ability. I'm also in the big leagues. Like I can, right. if I feel good, O one is not the same, you know, statistically, yes, it's not a good place to be, but that's the context of the game of, of a game of failure, right? Like you learn that like, yeah, man, maybe these are the stats, but that doesn't mean everything. You know, that's the, that's the problem with trying to, like you said, like, uh, dictate this, this, what kind of pegs are going to go and what kind of holes based off of, you know, once again, uh, some of it's, all right, this will help us win. This will help us save money. You know, yeah. some some teams yeah. some teams use a, a weird combination of that. Some teams use all of one, all the other, and it's just a uh, you know it doesn't benefit the game because it's not being it, it's really not being um, it's not helping the game develop. It's it's truly like a very static way because like like once the game in my opinion, started changing recently. It was because we want to see more homers because homers are exciting. We equate homers to money, so homers, homers, homers. How do we do that? We, If the pitchers are starting to throw really hard, how do we do that? You know, like, that's why you see, like, I never, dude, when did you ever, did you ever complain about a field being too big or this or that? Or, like, in any world, would your thoughts have ever ha- led to a field being brought in or this? Like, why would those things start to happen? Right, exactly, because it's like, oh, well, money. Uh, a, A, you can bring more seats in, and then B, the fences are shorter, and then, boom, we get to shoot all the fireworks because there's more of a chance to hit a home run, and the fans are going to cheer and go get more, another beer. Dude, I mean, I mean, it's not it's, it's not even a stretch. Like, that's not even a stretch. Like, 
you know, like if you've ever played in the California League back in the day, um, being the beer batter in San Jose, California is an absolute, <laughs> absolute nightmare. You, all, all you, you know you're striking out. All you want you to do, all out. you want to do is not strike out. I don't care if I fuck. I don't care if I get out every time today. I don't care if I have an error. I don't Pop care. Pop up to the fucking catcher every time. I, it doesn't matter. I don't want to strike out. <laughs> that shit is. You know, those, once again, one of the most. Like if if we were, you know, it, it's kind of one of those unique things to talk about that makes the game fun. But like, you know, even then, like if we were to really dive into that, what is the mental anguish of an 0 for 2 game, you know, 0 for 4 game as the beer batter and striking out twice. Like, it, it is unconscionable. Oh, it's, like, you know, it's like at least two or three games in one. Unconscionably, yes, very much. It is a compressed amount of, of like, it's depression. It's a whole series and, worth, of, worth of overs. Rage, yeah. rage and anger <laughs> and all these, all these wild things that, like, you know, like, once again, um, something I learned along my, my path was stop breaking your own shit. Like, don't break your yeah. own bats. And that's, but I also really understood <laughs> you need to, you need to exercise some of this frustration. Like, you are failing all the fucking time and it's not easy. And we're ball- like humans. Yes. And you're balling this up. Like, yeah. you, you, it's like, especially as, as, you know, in, uh, when I started into, in the, in, uh, in 08 and double A, I broke almost every helmet rack I played in front of. I snapped bats. I oh, did, yeah. You know, like, those, those things are, are everybody's dealing with it like it, it like the frustration of of that degree of failure is almost hard to explain because there's like you said there's very few things that you can get that far in to to be said you're part of one of the really highest degrees of it and this is still yeah. the best that's pulled from it like there yeah. are there are a lot of days in the game of baseball where any one of us are like in the top five or ten in the world of performance today and that's right. Like when you go from like once again, that's where that my ceiling used to be this, and I can't reach it anymore because I'm aware that my body's different than it used to be. That's that is so hard to process as you're trying to continue to do the only thing you've ever understood, and you're you're using yeah. either the the things you are familiar with. You know, I'm using pills. Like you know, 20, 2016, because I was not on the roster anymore was I, I went to my trainer and I, and I told him like, this was probably I, I signed with San Fran in in uh, right around Thanksgiving. And I told him this was probably in around January. And I, I told him, I was just like, dude, I am in so much physical pain every day. My mental state's starting to go and I either need some painkillers or I need some antidepressant. I need something cause I can't smoke mm-hmm. cause I'm not on the roster. And I am, I am fucking dying, man. And so, like, uh, like we talked, I talked to this this gentleman who was basically the first intermediate to um, speaking with. Then I believe it was a sports psychiatrist to actually prescribe me. Um, it was Cymbalta that I ended up getting on. Which, my in my head, it was if I could smoke, I could just I could just try and get better, you know. But this, yeah, you, the, you could you could do it by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And and um, you know, the way I had to go was. I, I, you know, I told, I told the guy like, dude, if I wasn't in pain, I wouldn't be at, I wouldn't be in here with you. Like I need this to work. I don't care if it, if it makes me feel happier and in turn I play or if it heals me and in turn I feel happier. I, I don't care. I just need this to like, once again, I'm trained to, to ask for what I need and do what I do, what I'm told. This is what I need. And so I can do what I'm told to do. And 
I I was right. I got that, but it was also like a you know, the day of of physicals. I was just like, man, I hope this fucking holds. Like I this I still feel like shit. I have like this really really hurts. Like this this was an Achilles issue. Like I ended up getting it repaired, and you know when I went when I went for that consultation in August because I didn't end up playing at all that year. You know he told he, I walk in the office and he's just like this is bad. You know, he's like, this was, this is basically any moment you could have been totally done. And yeah, ruptured it completely. And, and, you know, once again, like that's part of observing what we're talking about is the job of some of these guys uh, of like your trainers, your, your, uh, your strength coaches, it's not necessarily to get you as healthy as you can be. It's to get you healthy enough to play this game. And that's right. That's what leaves guys just mangled on this road after it because of the things you're willing to do for this game and and it's the business of it that just fucking like absolutely rips you apart because you have to play by those rules and then again you're even playing a high level game in that so it's like you know like a lot of guys um kind of kind of uh you know, experience the the beautiful part of baseball at some point. Like, dude, if I could just make money and this be how it is every day, you know, like that 2011 type feeling. Like, fuck, man, this oh, is this is the how, best time of my life. Yeah, like this is this is what I envisioned. Like, dude, I'm getting paid. This is I'm, why I played yeah. as a kid. This is what I envisioned. This is what my dream was. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, and, like, and it sucks that that was the minor leagues too. You know, like that's that's to where like. Whenever and I think you can attest to this. Whenever like you came back down to play and rehab with us in Double A, like I think I remember you saying like, "Man, I have so much more fun here than I do up in San Diego." Like at the time, it was which it was like, you know, like it was a losing ball club to where you know like things were not going very well in the big leagues. And then like you come down to us and we're literally kicking the shit out of every team with. When they got Jose Altuve and, and JD Martinez and Dallas Keuchel and like all these like huge like MVP Cy Young type caliber players on one team and we're beating them literally by ten runs every game we play, and and it's and we had so much fun because we literally played the game the right way and we played the game for everybody else and, and for our teammates and for the next man up you know like we we literally wanted to win and we're excited to see success from our other teammates. I, Whereas you're not seeing them like as your competition, even if they're the same position as you. Like it was no matter what, we got the same jersey on right now. Hey, one goal, we're going to win a championship. We're going to win this game. We're going to do whatever. And we're going to do it all together. You know, and, and that's an interesting thing to, to kind of let's, let's close on that. Cause then we can, um, you know, definitely uh, wind in some more depth to the series. But I think that's a, that's a very interesting thing to bring up where, you know, when you're actually in, let's say when you're in the big leagues, like there is nowhere else to go there. That's, that is a unique thing to kind of, that kind of um, put as, as that marker of there is nowhere else to be from here. You know, right. That's all famers are there. The worst players in the big leagues are there too. At the same time, like, yeah, everything. Else this, this is the big leagues. This is what you have worked for. And I think that's, that's the thing to, to bring into reality for people. Like, Yes, I want to be here. I want to be here for every reason I could possibly want to be here. But most of the time, it's really not fun. It's really not what it, it is in those 2011. Like you said, like you could take the numbers off our backs. You could take the fucking, you could literally just give us t-shirts to play in and we'll play the same game the same way. Like that's yeah. now that's 
also, once again, in the minors, you're playing for something different. Like you're 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 working for something different, and and that's the thing. Like, I think that's like um, if you once you lose that, once you lose that, um, you know, when you when you get to the big leagues, like let's say like, or you understand like, okay, this is how you would get there, or this is how you exist there. You kind of see it's like, man, like it's so hard to find that same essence of game because a lot of the things that are put in place take it away. Like you, you genuinely don't have the same freedoms. You don't live in the same places. Like, you know, people are older, they have families. There's a lot of real shit, but otherwise a lot of it is it's perceived. I have to do so many more things or be a different person or, or I need to be a big leaguer. And and that's the part that became fun for me towards the end is like, man, I love being able to just be a respectful person, but otherwise I act however the fuck I want to act. And I, you know, like it's, it's mostly because I know that I could be, uh, you know, like I'm just as full of shit as anybody if you don't know me. And that's the thing is whether I'm in the big leagues or in the minor leagues, that should be the same case. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't grant anybody um, any more, uh, you know, benefit of the doubt on being like this just great or, or overwhelmingly perfect person just because, you know, just because, oh, my God, they're in the bit like that's that's the thing like that also to the individual. You look at the game the same way. Like it, I, there's just so much more I have to do here. Um, I can't be seen in a negative way or this. It's like you really you only have a certain way you can be. There is there's very little be yourself because of what is it's carved out for you to be because this isn't your business. You just work here. Yep. A hundred percent. It's like, it's like, this is the puzzle piece that we need you to be. If you, if, if you want to stay here, you need to mold to it. If not, then we'll find somebody else that can fit in here. It's I did. It's like you said, there, there is easily times where, you know, I, I didn't experience the same, um, up down all the time, but I definitely like, there were times where like, when I was in that situation, it's like, I know what I'm going up to. Like, I know this atmosphere, like, it's not better than where I'm at. You know, that's the thing that right. sucks is like sometimes you know what you're going into and it's the big leagues and it's not going to be as fun. <laughs> like the part of yeah, it that yeah. should, the part of it that should be so fucking fun is not like right. it, it becomes right. this like just awful, awful thing that you sometimes, sometimes, and I say all the time, but it be, sometimes, sometimes becomes this, yeah. this awful thing that you have to wake up and go do today. And, and yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> no differently than anything else in anybody else's world. You know, but right. but you don't get the benefit of the doubt because maybe you're on TV, maybe they someone thinks you make this much money, maybe, maybe, maybe. And those are the things that become very difficult because even when you leave the game, those perceptions aren't lost on people. They think you still do this or you were given this or that's that's the very, you know, like, and, and on top of that, well. The uni- yeah, the uniform travels with you no matter how long, you know, ago you, you actually like hung them up. You know, and other people in society's eyes and in the public that, you know, especially. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing of like, um, you know, when when you have, you know, basically like identified as a player, whenever, at what point, whether you're done playing, most people do it when I say most players do it, identify it when they're still playing is like, OK, I was kind of aware and, and someone did tell me this was going to be a job, but it's set in and I, I feel it now. 
And mm-hmm. it, it, it comes with all of those drawbacks of, of a rough job, except for this one has an entirely different demand to it, both physically and mentally. Like, right. and, and they're tied together, you know, and, you know, like, um, I could feel perfectly healthy, but if I have a bad performance, my mental state will just over overtake and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I can have a, I can be kind of hurt, but if I'm like swinging well and like, it's like, oh, I don't even care, man. I can, I can run fast enough to just get around the bases, you know? And yeah. And, and that some of that is like, dude, some of those instances are because man, I get to go home. Like, like you said, I, you know, for me personally, it was, I'm taking a rip before I go to the field. And I'm I'm super excited to get out of here because I'm healthy enough to go home and just fucking do what I want to do, which is sit at home and smoke and just you know if if someone else on this team is is part of this, absolutely, like we're gonna we're gonna really kind of bring this little you know this is save this, the world together, absolutely. And, and that's the fun thing. <laughs> yeah. It becomes one of those things that like when you're when there's only twenty five of you, and 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 even so, like when you get whittled it down to where there's only like two or three of you, like. There's only a couple of us who save the world here. Like, our goal is yeah. to, our goal is to to uh, you know minimize the mayhem, uh, you know that that is brought to the world by twenty somethings that have access. You know, like we understand the destructive nature of what we're doing. It's why we're not doing it, but we have to do it in such a way that you know either we're hiding the shit out of it, or when we actually do get get uh, it, it gets addressed, we're treated like we have a problem like we're doing something illicit and that's that's what's so like you know learning that through someone who helped me uh get some pharma get to pharmacology that i had to take it was interesting to learn that yeah i wasn't going to be given a tue for for cannabis even if i walked it all the way down to the bottom uh, of where i would have had to and and even then it's just i'm basically cataloging myself as somebody you don't want to have here because I, I tried to do something for myself, but now everybody in this industry knows. And, and right. those things, once again, like we talked about, there's TUEs for amphetamines, you know, which, once again, early, early on in my career had the opportunity, like, do I want to pursue this? And I just started to see so many issues with, like, you know, you got to dial it in or you got to make sure you take it at the right time or this. I was looking at it because it's like, man, I'd love to lose some weight, and it seems like these dudes are telling me it helped me. You know, for me, it was like, you know, I'm in this practical space of, like, I don't know where to get steroids. I don't know who the fuck I'd ask. I don't care. I go to the gym by myself in the off season. I pay a gym membership. I just do this. I'm doing this. Like, I know it takes me really working hard and giving a shit for this to matter, like no one, if I can't get myself, if I can't self-motivate, it doesn't fucking matter. And, yeah, you know, some of that comes with like the people that dictate that shouldn't be able to tell you what you can use outside of a reasonable amount of, of something. And, right. and I think that's why like, you know, as we move into this series a little more, getting to talk about, you know, getting to dive into like TUEs a little bit more and, and discuss in depth kind of, you know, it's a very in-depth process that, you know, I remember initially when I heard about it, someone was like, you better start now. So you have them in six months or whatever the fuck. And it was like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. okay, what is, all right. And, and it's only gotten harder and harder because outside of that little world, pills went fucking rampant. Like, I never had a pill problem. I just needed, like, right. I, I just used the painkillers I had for surgeries and then realized, like, okay, when I, I don't need this, I'll smoke. And then, you know, it becomes that if I know I'm not going to get in trouble for pills, 
and I can't smoke, it's like, I might as well just take the painkillers because I've at least had a prescription in the short enough time to be like, look, I had right. this left over from I mean, a it's surgery. It's like your body still hurts. Uh, yes, it's, like, it's, it's like, like, it's not like your, that pain's going away because you can't smoke anymore. It's I, like, yeah, it's still there. I, I'm looking for the input that I think can help me the best. And if I can't right. use what I think will help me the best, I have to go to what I'm allowed to use next. And right. it's a very dull toolkit. And that's that's why I said, like, being able to, you know, really um, draw that out over the years. Like, hey, this year I started to do this. You know, really getting into the nuts and bolts of why, you know, our conversation is, is genuinely different because it's very vulnerable, man. It sucks talking about how difficult that shit is. You know, how how that environment, like you said, how, how, we, how it takes from us. And, and I think that's just the, the goal of this is to try and help people understand that, you know, like in, in, you know, in five or 10 years, if cannabis is legalized, like there's not going to be, you know, if there's a billboard on the field, I'll, I'd have to show you a picture from when I played and it'd be like, that, that shit would have gotten you arrested. Like, you know, you know it's, it's funny that there's right. those, those kind of things just looming around the corner. And as soon as there's enough money involved, you'll see it. And that and that's kind of the funny part of like, uh, you know, it, it's it, well, it's let's say not funny, but more of that like obvious like Ironic. it's weird to be. Yeah, it's weird to be in that that accelerated of a time period. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like playing and seeing like, dude, playing in the minors for me and seeing like, you know, we're, we're keeping hitting video on like a little handy cam. And, and then fast forward, you know, towards the end, and it's like there's fucking just cameras in the stadium that now that, like, even in the minors are tracking your at-bats and shit. It's like, you know, that's right. such a short period of time. It's like, it's, it's, you know, because some of these, like, even in that business, there's a lot of money being thrown at, like you said, the technology. Now, it's if it's not always being thrown in the right place, you have, you know, now you have a bunch of information for me or you as a player, but otherwise you have all kinds of technology hanging around just, just, right. to be, you know, like whether it be used for good or bad, as we've seen, you know, that's, that's the thing that's crazy is, is either um, way it's readily available. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, and that's kind of that mm-hmm. thing of like, like we can talk to, you know, definitely dive into it. And another one is, is coming up in that era of like feel like, like trying to teach feel, and and having some of those coaches like we've shared like um you know tom tornacasa the people that really connected with us individually um max venable the guys where we can express like this is what was happening in the cage this is what we were talking about and none of it had to do with do this do this it was get comfortable take some swings and we'll go from there you know and that now, now we'll see what we can do but that's because this person has been grinding in the fucking cage with people their entire life they know what it takes to to help somebody. They know how to try and speak your language, but that's why yep. they also like they are not the shining example of doing everything that's best for the company, because they're doing what's right. best for the individual that's in front of them. And and that's why and they, yeah they play they play with the hand that they're dealt and right in front of them. You know, like they 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 see every poker hand as a different hand, and they're like, okay, how can I apply this to the game to where it's going to make me have the best hand possible? You know, like yeah. it's 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 not it's not like oh hey I'm I have a I have a two and a four and I and I'm trying to play uh, you know an ace jack every single time and make it turn into that it's like no you can't do that with some guys like there you got guys of different stature with like you compared to me you know like me being left handed you being a big power righty you know like 
completely different ball players, different mindsets, different approaches. Like there's no reason why we should even be talked about in the same sentence as trying to hit in the same type of way. Absolutely. And, and a lot of that even stems from just simply, like you said, we are individually different. We're just different people. Why would you assume it's all going to work the same way? Like everybody, everybody mimicked the same swing as a kid. And there's only one person I know that's actually made a living off of it. And that's, you know, those, yeah. those types of things to be able to understand or, or, or express to people who, who just try and, let's say this, try and have them expressed so anybody can try and understand it. That's, that's where yep. the goal of this is. And, and um, Blake, definitely appreciate um, knocking out uh, part one of this uh, indefinite series we uh, seem to be having. And um, yeah, no, man, just uh, like I said, we'll, we'll keep this moving. And, and, you know, there's, there's endless, endless amounts of mental, physical, and, and all of the in-between to really talk about. So very, very excited that we were able to, uh, you know, talk within the last 24 hours and really make this happen. And, and you know, um, I think we'll, uh, we'll get this up super quick and, and keep going from here. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for part two. Let's keep it rolling. Thank you again for listening to Corner of the Clubhouse. And as always, Corner of the Clubhouse is sponsored by Roadrunner CBD. Roadrunner CBD is a family-owned wellness brand that specializes in high-quality, full-spectrum CBD products. Go to roadrunnercbd.com today and start your CBD journey.